College Football Nation, what is up? We are back. We are back. We're an hour late tonight. I apologize, but a fun week ahead. Um, coming off the heels of, of a decent week. It wasn't our best week, but we won. Uh, I won. We all won, I think. It was, it was an overall good show. Um, I think we could have been better on quarterbacks last week. But outside of the quarterbacks, I think we, we hit the, the nail on the head. So going back at it again this week. Um, this week is a little bit of a different feel. I think um, not as much of the obvious games that we want to target as as the last couple of weeks. I think there's more kind of similar overall over-unders, so not like some obvious positive game trips. But there's definitely some targets. There's a lot of value at running back, so more so than ever, I think this is a week. If you want to play three running backs, you can. I know it's against my policies. If you even wanted to go four running backs this week, I could I could get behind it. Um, but for the most part, uh, I think we can stick to our regular script and go through each game. We'll go through each depth team's depth chart, uh, talk about who's playable from a DFS perspective, and then go from there. So let's dive right into it. Uh, I want to keep tonight short and sweet like we always do. I know there's a lot of games to get through. So we'll go right through the depth charts. First game, Texas A&M and Missouri, a great game for DFS purposes. Um... Heading right into the depth stretch for this game. Uh, if I go in here, I'll start on the AM side. It looks like they're going back to Calzada. Listen, pretty much anyone's going to be playable against this Missouri defense. This is one of the worst defenses in the country by a lot. Uh, Texas AM is going to score points. So, however you want to play them, I'm fine with. It seems like the obvious play is going to be Spiller because uh, this is the worst run D in the country. So, uh, Spiller looks like it's huge potential, and he's pretty affordable for the matchup at 6,600. The only issue with Spiller is for big GPPs, he's going to be pretty highly owned. Everyone can see that Missouri is terrible, and everyone's going to want to uh, play the running back against them. So um, another, a good pivot could be Ashane, the backup. He'll get 10 to 12 touches. If it's a ball, maybe he'll get 15. Um, at 5,100, he's a good pivot. I prefer Spiller, but I can understand getting – I can get behind Ashane as well. Um, from the passing outside, uh, Smith seems to be the number one receiver. I don't know why they put Lane ahead of him. Smith is the guy. If you want to play a receiver, uh, you can go with Smith, or you can go with their tight end, Weidermeyer, who's an NFL prospect at 3900 At That price is super affordable against a terrible defense. So I actually like Weidermeyer a good amount here. Um, you know, you can play Galzada because he's affordable. I prefer to go more maybe one pass catcher or running back here. But, uh, again, Missouri's defense is terrible, so they're a good team to target. On the other side, on the Missouri side, not a lot to love. Texas A&M is a, is a higher class team and probably defense. Um, Baslock has been good. And so at 6,300, if you wanted to play him, you can. Not a lot to run back with Baslock. I mean, my favorite probably pairing would probably be Badi, the running back. I mean, the game, they'll handle the ball 30 times, also throw to him 5-6. to six, So um, Badi is their best player. He's certainly capable of reaching value, but, you know, at 8K against a – Upper class defense in, in Texas AM. I just think there's better value out there this week. So uh, I could get behind Badi, but I think we can do better. Uh, the receivers, they're just not a wide. Uh, they, they spread the ball out too much. There's no one to really hone in on. If there was one guy, it would be Kiki Chisholm, but I just think you're better off fading this receiving core because they spread the ball way too much. Heading over to this next game, let's take a look at this uh, Florida LSU game. Florida's got a great total. Um, and Florida can score. My concern with Florida is that they're really hard 
to play from a DFS perspective. You know, Emory Jones would be the guy you can play, but the problem with Emory Jones is that he's, he's pretty expensive and he's not going to get every snap. They play Anthony Richardson at least 20% of the time. So I can't, it's hard for me to fathom playing an $8,300 quarterback who's not going to play every snap. He's great. He could get you value, but I, I just, I'd rather play someone else who's going to be that price who gets every snap. Um, the running backs, it's like a three headed monster. They're all going to be involved from right, the latest and Pierce. So hard to pick one. Definitely don't want to play Pierce at 6K when I know other guys are going to get touches as well. And the receivers, I mean, Copeland's the guy, but there's so many better options at that price that yeah, I wouldn't play Copeland. Um, so it's really hard to play anyone on this Florida team just between pricing and the way that they spread the ball with different options. They're a great team. They're going to score points. It's just hard to pick and narrow it down from a DFS perspective. On the other side of the ball, Florida's got a good defense. And going against this LSU team without their best player in, in Keyshawn Bout, um, not a whole lot to love. They've ma- they've priced Matt Johnson up too high for me to like. I think Davis Price is interesting at 4,400 just because he's so cheap. I don't love the matchup, but like a guy who seems to be at least the bell cow back in the offense um, at that price is just is a good value. I just don't know what his ceiling is against a pretty strong Florida defense. And if you were to go with the receiver here, I would think the guy would be Beck. He should get most of the cards that were going to bout before. So at 5500 5, I think Beck is a fair price. He's definitely in play. Um, and maybe Brian Thomas Jr., who I think at 3700 is one of those guys. There's probably four or five guys in the mid to high 3, 3K range that you can play. He might be one of them, you know, especially with them missing their top target getter. The ball's got to go somewhere. So I can get behind that, but I would agree with – hey, Ivan, thanks for joining uh, I would agree with you, Ivan. For the most part, I don't love this game. Maybe I'll sprinkle in, you know, one of these LSU receivers. But for the most part, this is not a game I'm looking to target heavily. Um, let's head over to this Auburn-Arkansas game. Uh, on the Auburn side, I think Tank's, Tank is, uh, Tank Bigsby's in play. He's was a huge uh, prospect. 5,800 totally affordable. And Arkansas is beatable against the run. I think that's their weakness. So you want to target them on the ground. So I think Big G's in play. I don't think Nick's has much of an upside at all, so it's hard to play Nick's. Maybe I can see it in cash because of his low price, but I'm not on Nick's much. Um, Bigsby I would play. Other than that, I don't I don't like too much out of, out of the Auburn side. Uh, if you look over here on the Arkansas guy, I do think some interesting plays. They finally priced K.J. Jefferson appropriately against a tough Auburn front. I don't think we want to play him here. This isn't the matchup for him. Um Traylon Smith is the running back, but, you know, he just hasn't been all that impressive. His price is fine. If you wanted to play him, I'd be okay with it. I'd even be okay with you giving, giving a shot to Raheem Sanders, who seems to be uh, almost equally as involved as as, as Traylon Smith. Um, again, Raheem Sanders you're playing because he's 3,400, not because he's, you know, you know the bell cow or, or has a great game script. So if you're looking to get a really cheap running back, I think, you know, you could do worse. But – it did seem like maybe Raheem Sanders was starting to take the job in the fourth quarter last week. So if uh, if that's your thought process, you want to be sneaky and like a GPP, yeah, I can get behind that. And then at receiver, Traylon Brooks has been great. Uh, he catches a lot of big plays. It's hard to see him doing that every week. Um, they've priced him up. I think he's playable. I think uh, there's some other guys I'd prefer, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to play him for sure. Now let's take a look over here. Oklahoma State, Texas. Uh, 
Uh, this game's a tough one for me because Oklahoma State's got a good defense, uh, and they and they they got a tough defense, and Texas is the opposite. They got no defense and they got a good offense, so something's got to give. Um, Oklahoma State is a better. Try and follow me on this one. Oklahoma State has a better offense than Texas has bad defense, right? Am I making that make? Does that make sense? So the weakness of the two, Oklahoma State, I think, is better. Uh, Spencer Sanders is is more of a cash play to me. His price is right. I I could see him getting there. I'd be okay with him either way. Uh, they just want to run the ball so much that I I, I just I find him hard to play because of that. Jalen Warren, I love. I think he's uh, he's be, he's going to get. 30 touches. Uh, he's the go go to guys. I think 7,100 is more than a fair price for him. So I will have a good amount of shares of Jalen Warren. Um, and then a receiver, Tay Martin's their guy. They throw to him every time. Uh, if you want to play a receiver, you can definitely play Tay Martin. I think the price is a little inflated for him. I would have rather have seen him in the low sevens than the high for that reason. Um, you know, I'll have a few shares just because this Texas defense is so bad, but I'm not going to. Definitely not going to you know push him all in because um, I just think the price is a little bit a little bit too high. On the other side in the Texas game, you know Casey Thomas has been playing great. I just think this Oklahoma State defense is a, is a step up. Um, I I'd be more I'm definitely more interested in Bijan Robinson here at 8900. Ivan Robinson, Bijan Robinson is the best running back in the country, but I think this Oklahoma State team is tougher than I think they might be getting credit for. I think with all the value running backs on this slate that we can find, and some of which I've already mentioned, I think we can do. I think we can find more value in a lower price than pay them nine k for Bijan Robinson here. So, um, listen, he's the best player in the country. I, there's certainly enough reasons to play him, but I think from a DFS roster construction standpoint, against a solid Oklahoma State defense, I'm going to pivot probably at running back. And then at receiver, with Whittington likely out due to injury, it really makes Josh Moore and Xavier Worthy really interesting. Mainly Worthy, uh, who kind of broke out last week and looked like he was their go-to guy. I'd go back to Worthy again. Uh, 7400 is pricey for him. Um, so if you want to go the more conservative Josh Moore with a much more affordable tag, I probably my, 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 my preferred play. But the upside seems to be with Worthy um, just based off last week. Now let's look at this um, US UCF Cincinnati game. Cincinnati's got a tough defense. Um, I probably am going to fade UCF for the most part, especially with Dylan Gabriel out. I don't know what this offense will bring. Um, it looks like Johnny Richardson may be taking over as the running back over Isaiah Bauer. So if you want to go for a $3,900 running back, who should get some touches that I'd be okay with, but again, it's Cincinnati defense is tough. So it's really because you're looking for a cheap back more so than because he has a good matchup. Um, Ryan O'Keefe is the receiver. He got a ton of targets. I think they are going to go to him a lot at 4,800. I think he's in play. So if I were to go to him, I think O'Keefe is my favorite play on this UCF side. But for the most part, against the Cincinnati team, I don't want to be too exposed here. Desmond Ritter, um, I think, could reach value at 8,100. I think it's a pretty fair price for him. Um, I would, I think I can get behind him. My, my favorite play is Ford. Again, another affordable running back. I'd rather kind of build a roster with three or four guys like Ford than, you know, Bijan Robinson and try and find value elsewhere. So Ford is, is, is my preferred play on the Cincinnati side for sure. 
And then I would say if you wanted to play a pass catcher, Alec Pierce is clearly the guy here in Cincinnati. I think they might handle them pretty heavily, so they might need to not need to go to the air. That's the case. This might not be the best place for Pierce, especially now that they've priced him up where he's 6,800. He was down in the 4Ks early on. He was kind of easy to play. Now we were paying up for him. He's not as attractive for me. Um, now let me t- let's take a look at uh, this uh, Michigan State-Indiana game. This one I think has a lot of intrigue. Um, I think Peyton Thorne is underrated. He has some of the best weapons in the country. Uh, we know Kenneth Walker looks like one of the best running backs in the country, 6700 another good value. These are the reasons why these super top-heavy uh, price packs, I just don't think we need to play the, the top price guys because I think there's a lot of good value at running back in this you know, mid-6K, low-7K range, and I'd rather prioritize two or three of those guys than try and break the bank on a, on a top, you know, B. John Robinson or Padilla or something like that. So Walker definitely in play at 6700 Let's not forget – Michigan State's got three receivers. I don't know why they're list mostly four. He's number three, who are all in play. Reed and Naylor look awesome. So that's what makes Thorne in play is because he's throwing to two what looks like potentially all Americans. And uh and 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 Mosley's involved at 3900 Great price tag, a guy in the 3K range you can rely on. Mosley's the type of receiver for me, though it's more of a high floor than a high ceiling. So cash games, if you're looking for the 3K range, I think Mosley's your guy. GPPs, I'm not sure if Mosley's the, the target. Um, on the other side of the ball, there's a really interesting one. If Penix ends up confirmed out, Jake Tuttle at 4,900. I've never seen a quarterback below 5K. I've never played one, I don't think. Um, I'm intrigued. Michigan State is 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 terrible against the pass. This is not the old Michigan State Spartans with the shutdown defense. They can't stop the pass, and they can stop the run. So if they're going to have a hard time running the ball. They're going to have to go to the air. We don't know much about Tuttle. He was okay. He has a little bit of rushing upside. Um, it's a it's it's taking a shot, but I think he's I think his floor has to be higher than forty nine hundred. So I think there's got to be a little value there. Just that's so cheap for a quarterback that's starting against a bad defense. Uh, I, I'm going to fade Carr. I'm going to fade the running game, and then in the passing game, it's the targets are going to Fry Fogle and Peyton Hendershot. So pair up uh, pair him up with one of those two guys. They'll get plenty of targets. This. Like I said, this Michigan State team can be beat. I actually think it's a really interesting way to go. And then when you do that, you can really kind of booster up the rest of your lineup. The next game we can talk about is this uh, Nebraska. Did I miss one? Yeah, Nebraska-Minnesota. Not much to love here. Looks like Adrian Martinez gets like 30 points every game. But the interesting thing about Adrian is he's the he's a good running back. I mean, he's going to get you almost 100 yards rushing and a touchdown every week on top of whatever he does passing. So at 7,900, I still think this is a good price. This is a better Minnesota defense, if that concerns you, but um, I still think they're underpricing Martinez, and I, I think he's in, I definitely will be playing him. Ramir Johnson is interesting because now they're throwing to him a lot. So I know it's awkward to play your quarterback who's a runner and then also a running back, but they throw him the ball probably more than anyone. So if Ramir Johnson's going to be this involved in the passing game at 5,500, then I think he's definitely a, a play. So – uh, he's on my radar for sure. And then in the passing game with Oliver Martin back, it makes it a little harder. I'm not sure if the targets are a little bit more spread out. I still would prefer, I think, Torre over Martin, but with the targets getting split up, I don't think I'm going to be too interested in either. If I were to go with a pass catcher and throw a, a you know GPP dart, 
it would be Austin Allen at the minimum price tight end who seems to get at least a couple targets each week, and he's pretty good. So I would throw my dart at Austin Allen, but uh, I think that the receivers, those targets, they don't throw enough. I just I don't think these guys it's, I find it hard for them to reach value. On the other side of this game, uh, Tanner Morgan just this team wants to run the ball. They, they want to establish the ground game. I don't think Tanner Morgan's going to get a chance, an opportunity to reach value. Which makes Marquise Irving a really interesting play here because now Braxton's got a decent defense. It's not like it's a great matchup, but this offense wants to run the ball 30 times and they usually just give it to one bell cow. And so if he's that guy now because Potts is out at 3,900 with the volume that I think he might get, that's interesting. So listen, everyone else knows that too. I'm not, I'm not revealing any major secret here. So I think he will be highly owned. You know, probably have to eat some chalk, but I think for cash, he's worth eating. For GPPs, I'm not sure. I, I probably will still play him because at 3,900, it's a, just too good of a value. Um, but I do think he'll also be chalky. On the passing game, I'm not too interested in any of these uh, pass catchers on the Minnesota side. Now let's take a look at this. Uh, you know, not really much to look at actually. Georgia plays. We don't play them because Georgia's defense is too good, and uh, no one can move the ball on them. So you, Kentucky's eliminated. And Kentucky's got a serviceable defense. I think it's going to be a slow game script. A you know lower scoring game. I don't like anyone in this game whatsoever. So then we head over to the Miami UNC game. Where this is a good game. This is a good game script. Some high totals. Um, plenty of guys to target here. Van Dyke is replacing King, who King we used to like because he could run. I don't know much about Van Dyke. I don't think he's a runner. At 6,900, I don't think I'm going to take a flyer on him. If he was cheaper, I might. In a game, I think we'll have a positive game script. But this is, you're paying a pretty hefty price tag for a pretty big question mark. So I'm out on Van Dyke. I'm going to play Harris. There is some concern about Knighton stealing carries. He just came back, and he did get a lot of carries last week. But Harris is way better. Uh Anybody can see that. I think they're going to give Harris his touches. And I think he produces at 6,400. Uh, I think the, the price is reasonable enough to go to him. And then on the receiving end with Miami, I, they, they do throw to Charleston Rambo a lot. I think he's in play at 6,100, a little more, a little higher in price than I would have liked. But against a North Carolina team that should keep the scoring going, uh, I think they'll have to throw. I think he can rack up some catches. So especially on DraftKings, it might be worth taking a shot on Rambo. On the Carolina side, this you know Sam Howell is now showing you know what we were expecting to see from him for two years. He can run for 100 yards every week. He can throw for 300. Uh, he's probably the best DFS player uh, this year. Um, he's in. I mean, even at 9,200, I like him more this week. I know normally I don't like to play expensive quarterbacks, but it's not like there's no competition this week. It's not like there's another guy or anything up there. Like I just think he has a way higher ceiling than anyone else. And there's no one else that he might, you know, that might be close to him. So I'm definitely in on, on Howell. Um, and Miami's defense is beatable. Like they have, they've they've been beat through the air plenty of times this year. He's he has a he has a he's probably licking his chops this week for this matchup. Tyler Chandler is doing nothing but disappointing this year, in my opinion. Uh, at 6,300, I see no reason to go back to that. Well, I'd rather rely on the passing game here. And then Josh Downs at 8,700, really expensive. It's hard to afford Downs uh, with Howell, but. It's worth it. Figure it out. He throws them every time. They're not going to be stopped. They're going to have two huge games. That's where you get creative and you figure out ways to get those cheap running backs and whatnot that I've been mentioning in your lineups to make this work. But Downs and Howell are going to be great. It's just a matter of how can you make the roster construction work. Outside of that, uh, Simmons doesn't get enough volume for the to 
justify his price tag. Maybe you could take a shot on Antoine Green, but I still don't think he gets enough volume either. But at least he's more affordable if you really want to pair someone else with Howell. But the guy downs, no doubt about it. Um, let's look at this BYU Baylor game. There are some. I think this is a, an interesting game. I know look, people might be concerned about Baylor's defense. I think this game might have a higher total than people think. I'm going to go ahead and say both quarterbacks are in play. Um, BYU, Baylor does have a tough pass defense, but I like Hall because he can run too. Uh, and I think this game can be a, a high-scoring game. So Hall's in play. Um, we'll look at the running back side. I loved Algier going into the week until I saw pricing. At this price, I just don't think – you know, there's other guys $1,000 cheaper that I've already mentioned that I think can be just as good if not better than Algier. So if you love Algier for some reason and you want to play him, I think he has the capabilities of having a good, ga- a good game against a beatable Baylor run defense. But I just think there's better value on this slate. Um, and then a receiver, I like Gunnar Romney, and I like Puka Nakua. Uh, Gunnar Romney is their go-to guy. They throw to him a lot at 5,900. I think he can reach value. Uh, Puka Nakua has been involved. I think he's a pretty high floor. I really like Nakua for cash. Uh, even for GBP, I just think he's, he's a good price tag here. If you really love the BYU side, you know, Powell is their other option, and he's good too. Uh, I just, you know, think at the price points, you know, at the upper, at the 5K range, I'd rather have Romney. And then if you want to get a salary saver, it's Nakua. It's just he's in the awkward in between where I'm not sure where where I want I would want to play him. On the other side of this game, you know, like I said, I think Bohannon's in play. Uh, I don't like the running game of Baylor. I think BYU, if anything, their strength might be against the run. So if anything, I would go with some pass catchers, but I do think all of Thornton, Sneed, and I love, I love Drew Estrada. So Sneed, for some reason, they're still pricing equal to Thornton. Thornton's the better play. So of the two, I definitely prefer prefer Thornton. If you want to do a big GPP, I think Sneed could sneak in there, but Thornton's the number one guy here. But they're getting Drew Estrada involved. I don't know why they didn't come up on his price. They peppered him with targets at 3,100. This is an Ivy League transfer that, you know, in the beginning of the year wasn't involved, and now they're getting involved. And I just think this time next week his price is going to go up and it's going to be like, oh, that was obvious play. If you're looking for a value play, my number one value play this week is Drew Estrada. He's involved in this offense. Uh, They are looking to throw him the ball. He has a high floor because he's going to get catches. Drew Estrada, value play of the week. Lock it in. If you're watching my show, you're playing Drew Estrada this week at $3,100, play of the week. All right? Come back on – Next Friday night, we're all going to count our bills on how much Drew Estrada made us. I'm telling you, that's my play. I hope I'm right about that. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, yeah, I think you can play Estrada, Thornton. I'd even play Sneed and GPPs, and they can be compared with Bohannon here. For um, I've been asking here, am I okay with fading Howell on a single entry? Yeah, you can fade him um, for roster construction purposes, right, because he's so expensive. Uh, I'm okay with it. I do think he's the best player on the board, and he deserves to be the highest-priced player. But I also understand that you can build a more complete competitive roster without his high salary. So uh, I can understand both sides of that. Yeah, for a single entry, I think you can you can fade him if you you know build wisely. Um, now let's go to this Pittsburgh Virginia Tech game. On the Pittsburgh side, they've priced Kenny Pickett up, um, so he's pretty expensive. 
I, he's in play. I think this can be a shootout. I think this is going to end a high-scoring game. I do think there's better value, but if you really like this team, he's in play. He can certainly reach value. Where I'm getting sneaky, I think this this Virginia Tech team is beatable against on the ground. I know they've been talking out Israel Evan kind of all season, all preseason. He got a bunch of carries last week. He hasn't really been the bell guy. It seems like that might trend, might say he's starting to buck this way. This is a team that wants to air it out and pass, but I think they are developing a little bit more of a ground game. I think Abaconda, Abanaconda could have a breakout coming. So, you know, this isn't a Staples hammer play, but this is uh, this is a play that I would say is someone to consider. And then in the passing game, um, Addison has been great, but he is breaking off big plays every week. At 8K, I'm convincing myself that, you know, it's a good fade, thinking that he won't, maybe he's due for a not to break off a big play because he really does rely on that. So, at 8K, he's in play because he's been so good, but I'm not going to be hammering him home just because of the price. I think a nice pivot might be this year, Mac, who still gets a lot of targets, at way, way more affordable price tag. So if you want to target this price tag, this passing game, I think I'd prefer Mac, but both guys are definitely in play here. Uh, anyone else here I'm considering? Not really. I think that's it for that side. On the Vernita Tech side, I think Braxton Brumeister, he's, he's been a little disappointing this year, but I just think this, this game is going to have a really high total. And I think this can turn into a shootout at 6,300. That's a really good price tag. So I'm okay with playing him. I think we could fade the run game here. If you were to play one, it would be Blackshear. But I just don't like what I've seen out of the run game in Virginia Tech. If anything, I would I would look at some of these receivers. Uh, Robinson and Turner are the two guys. Turner, I think they're pretty even. So Turner being cheaper would probably be my preference. But I think both guys are capable of uh, breaking this. Or, you know, having one of the a big-time game in this matchup. And then the last game, Iowa-Purdue. Iowa's defense is second best probably in the country to uh, Georgia. I'm going to fade the Boilermakers. Uh, no one on that on that team that I want to play against Iowa. Iowa. Iowa's got some guys I'd consider. I think Tyler Goodson at 6,500 is definitely in play. Uh, again, another one of those more affordable backs who I think has the break uh, slate-breaking upside. And for the first time in a long time, I think a couple of these Iowa pass catchers are in play. I actually wouldn't play Tracy, who's the number one guy. I just think the value is in the, the more affordable guys who get targets. So, like, Ragliani, who had a ton of targets last week, the, his floor in catches is good. So, like, he's definitely a cash game play. He'll need to find the end zone to be a, a GPP play. But he, at 3,900, if he goes a touchdown and gets four for 50, that's more than value. So, he's in play. Uh, and I really like Laporta at 4K. That he's probably their outside of Goodson. He's their best offensive weapon. They like getting him the ball. I think he's a safe cash play with a high floor at the 4K range. Definitely not a guy you have to lock in, but he's a guy that's involved at a pretty affordable price tag. Um, that's a wrap. That's it. I think we got through all the games. Um, you know, there's some clear value plays. There's a lot of good running back plays. So I, I think this week more than ever, we can play more running backs. Quarterback's the toughest position. I think Ivan made a good point with Howell. Like, he's so expensive. He's the best player, but he's so expensive. You can get more creative with some cheaper quarterbacks. So, a few ways you can play this week. My biggest advice would be pick your game that you like the game script the best. There's going to be a lot of points back and forth, and try and target the quarterbacks and pass catchers from those games. Um, you know, I, I listed the plays I like. I think some some good value if we're staying on the screen. If you want to look at the quarterback position, uh, we'll go to the, all the games. There's value to be had between Martinez and then down in this 6K range. I like uh, – there's a few guys that I think we can play, you know, whether it's 
you know, Calzada, Bohannon, Brewmester, and even, you know, my my long deep shot play uh, with Indiana's quarterback in Tuttle. So um, there it is. We got some 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 good action this week. Don't forget, uh, the big sleeper this week is going to be Baylor's third receiver. He transferred from Dartmouth. Uh, I am really, really big fan of he's 3100 which I don't know why they didn't come up with his price, Drew Estrada. This guy has been involved in the offense. Uh, last week he had four catches for 90 yards. He did have a 58-yarder, which for fantasy purposes is uh, unattractive because it sounds like he just broke one off, but he's been getting targets. This is too low of a salary for someone who I think is this involved in the offense. So um, I'm going to be playing some of Estrada for sure. That's a wrap for the week. Good luck. Please, please, please do come in. Let me know how you guys do next week. Um, I'd love to see the success stories. What kind of what that worked out for you guys. Good luck. And let's go get it. Good luck, fam.